My name's John Redman from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And on today's program, it's going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. Today, I want to just talk to you from the studio that I'm sitting in right now about a subject that may be a problem for you. I know that as I look back over my life, if I'm honest, I would have to say there have been seasons in my life where this has been a problem for me. And if I'm not careful, it can still be a problem for me now. And that is the subject of worry. Now, I don't know if you are a worrier or if you're not a worrier, but I have to be honest and and just confess that I have always struggled with worrying. I I think, I don't know if it's possible to be a born worrier or if that's something we kind of learn a little bit later on in life. It's probably something we learn. I don't really think we're born with it, but I picked it up evidently early in my life. And I can remember when I was a little kid, I used to worry about the weather. That was the first thing I can ever remember being worried about was was storms and, and thunder and lightning and, and bad weather. That always made me afraid. And then as I've gotten older, there have been other things in my life that, that I've worried about. And then there have been seasons in my life uh, extended seasons where I've not really worried about anything. And and I just, you know, sometime I've thought, well, you know, I think I've mastered that whole thing on worry. Doesn't seem that that ever crops up anymore. And then seemingly out of nowhere, I find myself worrying about something else. And so it's something that we all struggle with, and yet we shouldn't struggle with it. It's something God wants to give us victory over. And so today, I want to just talk to you about how we can win that war with worrier. And if you're not a worrier, I'm still hoping that something I say today will be helpful to you. Maybe you can use it to encourage a spouse or a friend or a coworker, somebody who is a worrier. And if you're like me and you say, you know what, John, sometimes I struggle with that worrying and I'm, I'm troubled in my mind. I have a disturbing thought or what if this or what if that, and it really robs my joy and steals my peace. Well, maybe today, as we just look at some scripture passages, really, I'll be able to say something that will help you, and I'm hoping that when this program's over today, you will be able to look at worry from a different perspective and that God would give you victory over worry. Keep in mind, as Christians, we are in a spiritual war with the devil. And Jesus said that he has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so he wants to steal the joy and peace that God has uh, given you. He wants to destroy your life in every possible way. And one of the things that the devil does to do that is he puts thoughts in our minds. Remember this, the battle is in the mind. And if the devil can get between your ears, if he can get in your mind and put a thought in your mind and cause you to worry and fret and agonize over that thought, He can defeat you if you don't know how to handle that. And so as we think about worry today, maybe the wisest thing to do, if you have your Bible, just open it to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6. I want to read just a little bit from the Sermon on the Mount. It's interesting, right in the middle of this great sermon that Jesus preached, he talked about worry. And so he knew that this would be something that human beings would struggle with. And notice what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. He said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry 
about your life. And then a few verses later, Jesus said the same thing. He says in verse 31, therefore, do not worry. And again in verse 34, do not worry. And so three times in this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, Jesus said, do not worry. And so that is a command. He is commanding us not to worry. Now, there are many commands in the Bible. For example, in the Bible, we're commanded, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not lie. Uh, And there are many things like that that we're just commanded not to do. And we read those commandments and we say, well, now I I need to stay away from uh, immorality or I need certainly not to hurt anybody or certainly not murder anybody. That's a commandment. I'm not, I'm going to try to stay away from all those bad things. I don't need to steal or tell a lie. But this command, do not worry, we don't seem to take that quite as seriously as we take the other commands in Scripture. But when you think about what Jesus said, he's giving us a command, don't worry. Don't let those disturbing thoughts about anything cause you to fret and to be anxious and to be uptight He's saying, don't do it, don't worry. And so the question for us is, how do we not worry? How can we resist the temptation to let those troubling thoughts run through our mind all day long, all night long? How can we have victory over worry? And so what I want to do today is I just want to mention three things to you that I think will help you not to worry. And it's interesting, I I preached this sermon in our church not long ago on a Wednesday night. And the sermon lasted for 42 minutes, and we only get about half that time on these radio programs, and so we were trying to edit that sermon and make it where it could fit, and it just, we were not successful. And so I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to worry about it. We can't fix it. Maybe I'll just take my notes that I used during that sermon and condense it down to a shorter format, and it'll probably be better this way anyway because it'll be shorter. It won't be so long, and the people who heard this sermon uh, live know they wish they could have got the footnotes version like you're getting today instead of my rambling on and on for 42 minutes. And so no rambling today. I just want to say some things that I hope will help you. First of all, as we think about how to win the war with worry, number one, refuse to worry just refuse to do it. Now, that may sound too good to be true, or that may you may say, oh, now, wait a second, refuse to worry. I can't help it. That's my whole problem. I'm having these thoughts, and I can't uh, stop myself from worrying. Well, think about this. Jesus never would have told us not to worry unless we could obey that commandment. I mean, when Jesus said, do not worry, it is understood, it is implied that we have the ability, the God-given ability, not to worry. We can choose not to worry. And so what I'm saying to you today is refuse to worry. Think of it this way. You have the ability not to worry. Actually, you can become a professional non Worrier. Now, you may be listening today and think, well, I think I'm just the opposite. I'm a professional worrier. Well, I understand that, but you can become a professional non-worrier if you will just refuse to worry. So when a thought comes to your mind about your health, about your children, about your marriage, about your finances, about your future, 
and you just think, oh, here, I'm feeling this. You just have to learn to say no to that. I refuse to worry about it, no matter what it is you might be worrying about. Think about the reasons for that. First of all, worry is not natural. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And so Jesus says, Look at the birds. They're not worrying about anything. They're functioning just like God meant for them to function. They're flying around. They're sleeping in their nest. They're eating the food that God provides for them, but they're not worried about their next meal. They're not worried about where they're going to build a nest. They're not worried about where they're going to fly during a given day. They're just living life and and uh, functioning as God intended them to. And so that says to us that worry is not natural. I read a poem in years and years ago about worry. It's about two birds. There's a robin and a sparrow. And uh, they were flying around one day, and they were noticing human beings and how all uh, the humans were down below worried about this or worried about that. And the poem goes like this. Said the robin to the sparrow, I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be. They have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. And so that poem is a to me, a beautiful description of probably what's in the mind of a bird. They're not literally thinking about God being their father, but they're aware that that everything's going to be okay. Their needs are going to be provided. There'll be a worm somewhere they can eat. There'll be a tree somewhere where they can build a nest. And so they just don't worry about it. And so we need to learn a lesson from the birds and just not worry. Something else about worrying is it's not helpful. It doesn't help anything. In verse 27, Jesus said, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature. And so worrying doesn't change the situation. I've often heard it said that worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives us something to do, but it doesn't take us anywhere. In other words, we don't make any progress when we worry. That thing you've been worrying about, that thing you might be worrying about right now, I guarantee you this, all your worrying, all your reasoning, all you're trying to figure it out hasn't helped anything, hasn't changed the situation. And uh, in fact, sometimes it can even make it worse. And that leads to the next little thing here. Not only is worry not natural and it's not helpful, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. When God made human beings, he did not design us to worry. That, that, so when, when I find myself worried about something, I begin to have physical sensations that I would not have if I weren't worrying. Sometimes worry can give us a headache, a tension headache. Sometimes worry and stress and anxiety can cause our eyes to twitch. Sometimes it can cause our blood pressure to get higher. Sometimes it can cause problems with our digestive tract. Worry causes a lot of things. In fact, I'm not even sure that we fully understand many of the physical problems that that people sometimes have because they're worried and they're stressed out and they're uptight. And so worry is not healthy. And I'm saying all that to you to say, this is why when you have a thought, an anxious thought, something that would cause you to worry, you should just first of all say, I refuse to think about that. I refuse to worry about that. Now, the second thing we have to do after we refuse to worry about it is to replace those thoughts of worry with an expression of faith. Replace those thoughts of worry with an expression of faith. So it's not just that we're saying, no, I'm not going to worry about it. We have to replace those thoughts with something uh, 
not just positive, but with faith and with faith in God. And so this is why it is so very important to have a relationship with God, to know that He is our Heavenly Father and that He is going to take care of us and He is going to meet all of our needs. And so anytime a thought of worry comes to your mind, immediately just say this to God. Say, God, I'm trusting you with that. Maybe you'll just have a thought. What about my children? They're, they're away from God. God, I'm trusting you with that. What about, I know for those of us who live in the Houston area, and last year when Hurricane Harvey blew through town, we were probably all worried. Is my house going to flood? Am I going to be safe? Or is my family going to be okay? Well, we just have to say, God, I'm trusting you now to take care of me and my family and my house and all of, everything I have during this storm. And so I always encourage our people here in Pasadena, when you start to worry about something, maybe the devil's trying to make you doubt your salvation, worry about that. Or maybe he's making you worried about your health or worried about your future or worried about something else in life. And here's that thought. What you have to do is just to say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you for my salvation. I'm trusting you to keep me healthy. I'm trusting you to give me grace and strength. I'm trusting you with my future. I'm trusting you. And keep in mind what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that we're supposed to take every thought captive. And so just because you have a thought that comes to your mind that causes you to to be anxious or worried or stressed out, you don't have to keep thinking about that. You take that thought captive. You arrest that thought, and you just say, thought, I'm stopping you. I'm not giving you the freedom to run through my mind. I'm not giving you full access to my brain. Just like a police officer arrests a criminal, we have to arrest thoughts that are doing damage to our minds and to our lives. And so that's the first step. We refuse to worry. Nope, not going to do it. Second step, we immediately replace those thoughts of worry with a confession of faith. And so what, what I'm saying to you today is whatever you might be anxious about right now, instead of worrying about that and fretting about that, just say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm trusting you. If you have your Bible in Mark chapter 5 and verse 36, we read a very interesting story about a man whose daughter had gotten sick, and the man's name was Jairus, and his daughter had become sick, and so some of his friends went to Jesus and said, uh, Jesus, could you please come and, and uh, help heal Jairus's daughter. In fact, Jairus went to Jesus himself saying that. Well, uh, as Jesus was making himself to uh, his way to Jairus's home, uh, the girl actually died. And when that happened, uh, some of the people who were friends with Jairus, they came and said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Why trouble Jesus any further? And so the situation now has gone from bad to worse. The girl who was sick has now died, and Jairus has just found out about it. Well, when Jesus heard about this in Mark chapter 5 and verse 36, here's what it says. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, that is, he said to Jairus, the father of this girl, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, semicolon. Only believe. I'm glad Jesus didn't just say, do not be afraid, period. He said, do not be afraid. And then there's a semicolon, only believe. And so what Jesus is saying is the way not to be afraid is to believe, to trust God, to trust Jesus. And so when you start getting fearful about something, the best thing you can do is just say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. And just keep, you may have to say that to him a hundred times a day. Jesus, I'm trusting you. Jesus, I'm trusting you. Here's that thought again. Here's that thing again. Here's that 
uh, circumstance again that I've worried about for so long, but I'm not going to keep worrying about that. I'm refusing to worry, taking that captive, and I choose to trust you. So we're going to learn to replace thoughts of worry with an expression of our faith in Jesus. And you don't have to just say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. For me, that's the most helpful thing to say. You could say something else. You could say, God, I know you're in control. God, I know you're going to see me through. Just something, some expression of faith. But I always seem to come back to that, just Jesus, I'm trusting you. I think about that that great verse in Philippians chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So just say that, Lord, I'm trusting you. And then the third thing that happens, or the third thing that that uh, that has to happen in order for us to have victory over uh, worry is that we just have to watch God give us peace in our hearts and in our lives. Or maybe I could say it this way. After we have made the decision to refuse to worry, after we have replaced those thoughts with an expression of faith, then we can just begin to experience the peace that God means for us to have. Now, if you could turn to Isaiah chapter 26. Now, if you're driving down the road or you're not near a Bible right now, I'm going to read you the verse. But if you're home and you have your Bible, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And Isaiah the prophet is writing, and here's what he says. He's he's talking to God, and he says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I absolutely love that verse because notice again what it says. It says, God will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on him, on God, because we trust in God. And so if you think about that verse, there's man's responsibility and then there's God's responsibility. Our responsibility as human beings is to trust God. That's all we can do. Friend, when you you, you get bound up with worry and stress and anxiety, the only thing you can do is to trust God. It really is. But the promise here from God is that if we will trust him, he will fill our hearts with peace. And not only our hearts, it says, it's talking about our mind. It says God will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on him. So if with our mind, certainly we trust God in our hearts, but also with our mind, we say, Lord, I choose to trust you and to depend on you. And it says that God will keep our hearts and God will keep our mind in peace. I'm reading out of the uh, New King James there, but in the Christian Standard Bible, it says it this way. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace for it is trusting you. Now, I like that. It says that God will keep the mind that is dependent on him in perfect peace, for it is trusting you. And so, really, our hearts and our minds, I know there are differences between the heart and the mind, but sometimes in the Scripture, they they seem to go together. And so, as, as God, as we trust God with all of our hearts and with all of our minds, what does he do? He calms our mind down. Those racing thoughts that we have, those disturbing, troubling thoughts that we have, God has promised that he'll, he'll, he'll give us victory over that. He'll re- give us perfect peace. In the Hebrew, it's, it says, shalom, shalom. Perfect, in our English Bibles, it says perfect peace. But in the Hebrew, it's actually the word shalom twice. God will fill our hearts and fill our minds 
with double shalom. That just is the Hebrew word for peace or wellness or well-being. And that includes our mind. That's what I'm trying to say. God can help your mind not be worried. And God can calm your mind down if you will just keep your uh, trust in God. And so I just encourage you today, whatever you're worried about and you have those thoughts, just know that you have within you the ability not to worry. You have the the right and and the capability to refuse to worry. You can replace those thoughts with an expression of faith, simply saying, Jesus, I'm trusting you. And then as you do that, it's only a matter of time until you are going to experience the peace of God. In Philippians chapter 4, it says that we're not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything, to tell God our needs, and then to thank him for his answers. And then Philippians 4, 7 says, if we'll do that, the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so God will give us his peace, and his peace will calm our minds down. The fact is, when you're worried and stressed out and your mind is going a 1,000 miles in an hour, there's not really anything you can do except to trust Jesus. In other words, that's the best way that you can calm your mind down. Just trust him and let him give you that perfect peace. As I mentioned at the beginning of the program, worry is something that I have struggled with on and off through my whole life. And I hope one day I can sit down here and do a program and say, you know what? I've not worried about anything in the last 10 years. But I couldn't say that today because that wouldn't be honest. But I can remember when I was in about the third grade, and that's back when I was worried about the weather. One of the assignments that we had in the school, the elementary school that I was going to in uh, Lenore City, Tennessee, we had to memorize a poem. And so the teacher said to us, I don't care what poem you learn. I don't care uh, if it's a book from school or something your parents have at home. I just want you to learn a poem, and you'll have to recite it to the class, and you're going to be graded on that poem. And so she gave us time to find a poem and to learn a poem. Well, in the house, in my house, my parents had a picture. I guess my mother did, and she had put it up somewhere in the house, and it was it was a poem. And I had always uh, liked the picture, and I had read the poem, but I never had really memorized it. But I thought, you know, maybe I'll memorize that poem. And I wish you could—I wish I—I'm going to try to describe the the background. On the picture, there was a picture of an old man, maybe in his 90s. And he had his glasses on, and he had uh, his hat, and and he had a cane— at that age, he was not maybe standing as strong, as tall and strong as he had when he was a younger man, but he was standing at the foothills of those Smoky Mountains over there in East Tennessee, and evidently, this man earlier in his life had been a worrier, worried about everything, and now he's at the end of his life, and he's reflecting on his life, just standing there looking up at those Smoky Mountains, and he said these words, and it became a poem. Now, I'm going to tell you today, before I start trying to quote this poem, I don't have this poem in front of me, and so I'm worried that I'm going to mess up, <laughs> that I'm going to forget a line or mess some of it up, but I'm not going to let that stop me from trying, so if I mess up, you'll forgive me, but here is what that man said as he looked back on his life. Here, here are his words. I've been fretting about the future and the things that I've been told about what happens to us folkses when we starts to get old. So I took a little journey to the eastern part of the state and gazed at all that pretty scenery till the time was getting late. Sakes alive, what gorgeous colors, like the rainbow in the sky. 
I just can't explain my feelings, but I couldn't help but cry. As I stared at them big mountains, trees and flowers everywhere, from my heart there welled up praises, for my Lord had put them there. Now I ain't fretting any longer, for there's one thing that I see. If my dear Lord made them mountains, he can sure take care of me. I just love that poem. And see there a few minutes ago, I was worried that I wouldn't remember it. And I started quoting it and it just came out. That just proves to us most of the things we worried about are not even true. But see, the, that man, as he was looking back on his life and he was looking at all those mountains, it just dawned on him. The Lord has taken care of me all the way through these many years, and He's going to take care of me all the way to heaven. And friend, that's true for you too. And so whatever you're worried about today, I would encourage you, replace those thoughts of worry with an expression of faith. Just say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. If you're worried about whether you're saved, just say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I ask you to forgive me. I trust you to do it. And as you do that, friend, the peace of God is going to fill your heart. Thanks for joining us on Peace by Believing. Have a good week. Don't don't worry, trust God, walk with Him, and I hope you'll be with us next time.